Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Are you excited to be in church today? All right. I'm excited for the word. Um, Go ahead and elbow your neighbor real quick. And say, neighbor, this message is for you. Okay, go ahead and elbow your second choice neighbor and say, neighbor, even though you're my second choice, this message is still for you. All right. Um, We are concluding our series summer at Field Church. And um, if you haven't been able to hear all the messages, I highly encourage you to. Uh, Week one, we talked about uh, family and how family matters to God and how God should matter to family, right? And then week number two, we talked about how to win when it comes to temptation. We're all going to be tempted. We need to know how to win when it comes to temptation. Then last week, we talked about the power of connection uh, to not only God, but to each other, That, that God is building his church And a big part of the reason we come here, yes, is to worship God, to hear the word, but another big part of it is to connect with each other. And uh, so today I want to talk to you about sandcastles. Someone say sandcastles. Um, This message actually is going to be really an intro to our new series, uh, God Wrote a Book. I've been talking to you about this series probably since January, I believe. But uh, I'm very excited about this series, and so we, we set it up to where this would kind of be the intro to that series, and so you want to be here in the month of August because each message is going to build upon top of each other, and I believe, I firmly believe this with all my heart, uh, this series, God Wrote a Book, is one of the most important series all year that I've done. I firmly believe that. So I want to encourage you to be here. Amen. So today, let's talk about sandcastles with a message I've titled, What Are You Building Your Life On? What are you building your life on? How how many people in here love going to the beach? Come on, how many beach people do I have, right? There's nothing like going to the beach, getting the sand in between your toes, right? We, We were at the beach a few months ago. I'm still cleaning the beach out of my car. How many of you know sand just, it, you know, with kids, it, it's everywhere, right? And I, I love the beach. And um, when my kids were old or younger, rather, uh, they're all teenagers now, but when they were younger, one of the dad requirements when you go to the beach is you got to help your five or six year old build a sandcastle. You, you, you have to do it. So you got to get the shovel, you, you, you got to get the, the buckets, and you got to act like you know what you're doing. Now, I don't want to show everybody up, but I brought a few pictures of the sandcastles that I built with my friends. Why are they laughing, Mike? Why? I mean, show the second one, guys. This is from our trip. Y'all ain't believing this preacher. (laughs) Uh, True story. Um, When we were younger, I think it was Claire, my middle daughter. 
I think she was five or six, and I was helping her, you know, trying to be that super dad, right? And uh, man, the castle looked great. It didn't look like this, but um, it did look great. And I had a, a actually water around it and like a little bridge. I built like a little bridge, the water to go underneath it. What you know about that? <laughs> and Claire looks over at our neighbors, whoever were beaching beside us. I don't know who they were. And she points and she says, Daddy, why doesn't our sandcastle look like theirs? <laughs> You talk about a dad fail. I mean, that night she got extra prizes at the store. But anyway, um, here's the reality. Um, Sandcastles are great to build at the beach, but not great to build your life on. They're great to build at the beach, but if you're trying to build your life on sand, this is what normally happens because the waves of life are coming. If you guys can throw up that second picture of the waves crashing it. And if you try to build your life on sand, eventually it's going to take you out because you're not built on the right foundation. And that's what we're going to talk about this week and next week. Um, But I want to go to Matthew chapter seven. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter seven, and it's going to be our text today. And we see here in Matthew chapter 7 that Jesus is concluding his Sermon on the Mount. Um, His Sermon on the Mount starts in Matthew chapter 5, it goes to Matthew chapter 6, and then he concludes it in Matthew chapter 7. This sermon would be, uh, we, we, we think of this sermon and it's like Jesus got up and he taught the people, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the pure in heart. And he just kind of stepped away. But this was several days long, this Sermon on the Mount. And so you can imagine they heard a lot of teaching from Jesus, a lot of principles on, on, on how to uh, build your life. And then Jesus puts the exclamation point on with this parable. Uh, so they, they've been listening to him for days. And now he says this in Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is what? Wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the, rains, uh, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it is what? Jesus called you foolish, not me. Okay, Jesus. Like a person who builds his house on what? The sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Here's Jesus telling his disciples, his followers, there were thousands of people that were with him for these couple days, the most famous sermon, Sermon on the Mount. Here is Jesus and he kind of ends it with, hey man, I've said all this to say this. You can hear my word, you can go to church every Sunday and hear my word, but unless you apply it, come on now, it does no good. And so Jesus in the scripture gives us a little weather report, doesn't he? Hey guys, the storms are coming. Like life's gonna be tough, you're gonna go through some hard times. I think the last year and a half has spoken of that, right? For all of us. And Jesus says, hey, it's inevitable, you're going to go through storms, but there is a way that you can be prepared, there is a choice that you can make to enable you to weather the storms of life. And Jesus said, it all has to do with what you're building upon. 
Everything in your life has to do with what you're building upon. And so Jesus in the parable is contrasting two men who had two choices. One man chooses to build his house on the strong foundation of rock. Someone say rock. The other man chooses to build his house on the shifting foundation of sand. Someone say sand. Now, we can mistakenly think that Jesus is um, comparing Christians with non-believers in this parable, but he's not. Um, that's not his point. He is actually comparing Christians with professing Christians. Watch this. People who hear the word, like the word maybe, respect it, believe the word in a generic sense, but they do not act upon it. So that's what he's comparing. He's comparing Christians who hear the word and do the word versus professing Christians who hear the word, walk away, and they do not have any application in their life to that word. And that can easily happen with all of us, right? We're here on Sunday, and we can wrongly believe that this is our spiritual feeding for the next seven days. And although this is a big part of your spiritual feeding, how many know you're going to have to do some self-feeding on your own? I hear people all, all for years and years, well, you know, I, I'm just not getting fed at that church. I'm just not getting fed. And then if they're real sp super spiritually weird, they'll say, I'm not getting the meat. I need meat. Right? And I was thinking about that. I was praying at our Westfield campus. I get there about an hour before service and I was praying. I was thinking about that how that's a common thing in the church. And for all churches, people say that when they're about ready to exit. Um, and I was thinking about my kids and how I hear that almost every day in my house. Mom, dad, there's nothing to eat here. Now, hold up. Wait a minute. Time out. We just went and spent $300 at the grocery. The refrigerator's full. The freezer's full. The pantry's full. Okay, everything is there for your taking. What you're telling me is you're too lazy to get off of your games or whatever screen you're on, social media, whatever, to go and make something and you want mom and dad to sell. You a teenager now. You ain't five years old anymore. Make your own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Make your own Raymond noodles. Come on, somebody. And, and so that's a, a lot like some church people. The, the, the food is always available. Uh, the food is always available. Um, those who are hungry and thirsty after righteousness will be filled. Those who pursue God's word and apply God's word. Um, you wouldn't in the natural just eat one day a week, would you? And just say, oh, I'll eat the next, uh, the next week in seven days, six days, would you? So why would we do that spiritually? I'm glad that I get to be a part of your life, and some of you call me pastor, and I know my role is to feed you, but you can't survive just on one spiritual meal a week. Are you with me so far, church? That was free. It's not in the notes, but that was free. We're not even taking up a second offering for that. Relax. And so... We see that there's only one small word that separates these two men. You know what it is? The word do. Someone say do. There's just one word that separates these two men. Both men hear Jesus' words. One of them does them by making the choice of hearing 
and doing, and it builds a foundation for his life that will stand, Jesus said, the worst of storms. Do you know that there are future storms coming to your life? If you didn't, you haven't heard the words of Jesus when he said, in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say you might, um, if you pray hard enough, if you attend church faithfully, then you, no, he said you will have trouble, but be of good cheer for I'm with you. And every trouble that you encounter, I've already overcame that trouble on your behalf. All you got to do is build your life on me, the rock. Someone say the rock. Welcome to the rock. Do I have any fans of Alcatraz? Oh, I love that movie. So the other man, the one man hears and does. The other man, though, he doesn't act on what he hears. And Jesus compares him to a man or woman who builds their life on the sand. Okay? The question for us today is this. Are we hearers only building our lives on sand? Or are we doers building our lives on the rock? Let's unpack this parable a little more, and I want to give you two thoughts that will help us um, to understand what Jesus is saying in this parable. The first thought is this. Every one of us is building a life. Every person in here, the sound of my voice, you are building a life. You're building a life. And the meaning of this parable is very clear. These homes, these men built, represent their lives. They're representing their lives. Every day you're taking two by fours. Every day you're taking drywall. You're building something. You're building something. You're you're building a life. Uh, We're building a life with the choices we make, with the things we choose to believe and the things we choose to disbelieve. We're building a life with the faith that we hold on to or the fear and the doubt that we choose to hold on to. We are building a life. We're building our lives with the actions we choose to take and the actions we choose not to take. It all adds up to the life we are building. Life is not something we find. Life is not something that happens to us. Life is something we build. Is your building going to be able to stand the storms of life? Because I can tell you this much, in the last year and a half, it revealed people's foundations. What we've seen happen and people we thought would never falter and fall and people we thought that they're strong and their house looked good and it's painted good and it's got nice shutters. Come on. It's got the leaf guard gutter system in it. Come on, somebody. I've always dreamed of that. (laughs) Just be honest with you. I always wanted to have that. I got so many leaves in my gutters, tearing up my back, emptying it. If you want to bless me, let me know. Anyway. And it can look all fine on the outside. But what 2020 showed, when March 2020 showed up, we had people and Christians and leaders and even pastors. When the storm came, it took them out because they were built on the wrong foundation. You say, well, 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 you know, I made it through. And I'm glad you made it through. But can I tell you, and I'm not a doom and gloom pastor. That's not what I side with, right? Can I tell you there's more storms coming? Can I tell you there's more pandemics coming? Come on now. Can can I tell you that some of you, you begin to build on the right foundation in the last year and a half, and you're stronger, and you're better because of it? And you're ready to face the next storm that comes to your marriage, to your family, to your finances, to your career. 
It has everything to do with foundation. The right foundation is a must. The only difference between these two men was foundation. That's the only difference. Watch this. Jesus said, they both heard my teachings. They both heard the word, right? They both built houses, the text says. They both built houses in the same location, and they both built similar homes. The only difference was the foundation. After the storm, one house was standing. The other house collapsed. Which one represents your house the most? The house that is still standing after the storms of life come or the house that collapses? Hmm? I read a story this week as I was prepping for this message in this whole series I've been working on for probably about six, seven months. God wrote a book and just so happened he set it up to where this could be the last message and slide us right into that series. But I uh, read this story, very interesting, that scientists travel every year to the town of Pisa in Italy to check on the leaning tower of Pisa. Anybody ever heard of that? Come on, you, you've been in school, you heard of that. They report that the 179-foot tower, 179-foot tower, which was built in 1173, moves about 1 20th of an inch each year. It's now, it's now in its current state, 17 feet off from its original place. Did you hear that? 17 feet off. Why? Why? Well, it has everything to do with its foundation. The reason it started leaning shortly after they constructed it, because it was built on a foundation on top of marshy land. Not only that, when they built the tower, they only went 10 feet down into the earth to build its foundation. By the way, the word Pisa means marshy land. It means marshy. Someone should have Googled that. Google what does Pisa mean and figure that out before they erected a 179-foot tower. Just my thought. I'm not the smartest cookie in the jar, but I know that much. So now it has moved 17 feet from its... How does that happen? Wrong foundation. Oh, I pray every one of you are here in a year from now, but the truth is some will not be because you're built on the wrong foundation. We wrongly believe that coming to church is enough. But when the storm comes, you're going to find out it's not enough. Because on Tuesday and Wednesday, when pastor's not there and the fuel band's not worshiping, come on, somebody, you got to be built on the right foundation. you got to know that I have a covenant right to this book and these scriptures apply to my life and the devil's got to take his hands off my family and you got to learn to confess the word over your marriage, over your kids, when I'm not here screaming at you like I am right now. Because you can't just leave from here every week and say, that was a cute message. We love our pastor. Yay! That's not going to defeat the devil that's come knocking on your door at 7 a.m. saying, it's Monday. Yeah, it's Monday. You're going to be depressed because it's Monday. 
You're going to go to your job. You hate your job. It's, it's Monday. Who cares what day it is? Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. It's a great day to praise the Lord. That's how you need to wake up on Monday morning and declare who God is in your life and quit allowing the grumbling devil to speak through you. I'm preaching to somebody up in here. What are you building your life on? Is it the rock or the sand? Let's talk about the difference between the rock and the sand. Jesus connects his teachings to the bedrock. He says that when you listen and obey my teaching, it's like you're building upon the bedrock. When we listen and obey his word, we're solid. It's a stabilizing rock that centers who we are and how we live. It governs our values. So in an ever-changing culture where values are being shifted, when we're on the rock, no, 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 no. The rock governs our values, our morals, our decisions that we make as human beings. No, I'm on the rock. It governs our behavior. It governs our lives. The rock. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 10, 4, that rock was Christ. He's called the rock of ages. Old and New Testament, he's called the rock. Ephesians 2, 20, look at this. Paul says, you are rising like perfectly fitted stones of the temple. And your lives have been built up together upon the foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. And best of all, someone say best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of that building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. Come on now. That's exciting. It means I'm built on Jesus and who his gospel is. It means that the gospel doesn't change. It means whether I like these scriptures in here or not really doesn't matter to my liking because the truth doesn't shift or change. I can't add to it. I can't take it away because there's some things in here that I don't like. You like it all, huh? I don't. I don't like that part of blessing your, na- your enemies and praying for them and doing good things to them. I don't want to bless them. I want to slap them. Well, Pastor Jesus said turn the cheek. Well, I want to turn both cheeks and slap both of them. But y'all are so spiritual in here. Y'all are good. The rock. Someone say the rock. He is my foundation. He's got to be your foundation. I love the old song. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. More characteristics about the rock. It, It doesn't move as it's a solid It's solid. When I build on Jesus, I'm solid. When I don't build on Jesus, I'm unstable. I'm shifting sand. I don't move when I'm built on the rock with fleeting ideology. I don't conform to the the systems of higher education. I don't conform to current culture or popularity. I'm steady because he's steady. I'm secure because he's secure. I'm strong because he's strong. It's not my strength. It's who I'm connected to. I take on the nature of the rock because I'm built on the rock. Hmm? So the storms of life will come and I don't build my life on the rock to avoid the storms. I build it on the rock to endure the storms. I'm ready. I said, I'm ready. I know they're coming. I know I have an adversary, so I'm ready. 
I, I know he's out to kill, steal, and destroy everything I put my hands to do. I know he hates my marriage. I know he hates my kids. I know he hates that I'm prospering. I know he hates that I'm, I'm planted in the house of the Lord. I know he hates that I'm serving and I'm in a group. I know he hates it. So I can expect the storms of life to come, but I'm built on the rock so you can huff and you can puff, but you can't blow my house down, devil. Hmm? And it's not the beauty of the house. It's not the color of the house. It's not how fancy your shutters are or your front door is. It's the fact that you're built on the right foundation that will stand the test of times. The right foundation has everything to do. Are you built on the rock? Are you built on the rock? Let's talk about the sand. It's soft. It's comfortable goes with the flow. Sand shifts and molds to whatever it is holding. Sand is washed away easily and is coming and going with the tide and the waves. And in this parable, sand represents someone who doesn't apply the teachings of Jesus. They've, they've heard all his messages. They, they were at the 1130 every week. They were at the one. They even came to first Thursday worship night this week. Shameless plug. But they were built on the sand. And because they were built on the wrong foundation, it didn't last. The sand says, do what feels good. Do what others are doing. Take the easy way. Conform to culture. Live as comfortable as possible. So friends, when we try to build our lives on the sand, we, we, can, we can wrongly believe that money and our self-image and social media and news and politics and possessions and sports will be enough, but they can't last. They can't stand the pressure of the storms because they're built on the sand. And when we build our lives on those things, those things are somewhat a part of who we are, right? But we cannot build upon those things. It can't be our foundation where we're looking to others to validate us and give us worth and value. So we go to social media and our lives are built on that. What happens when the hearts and likes stop? What happens when they stop giving you 150 filters to use on your pictures? What happens when that company goes bankrupt and you don't have filters anymore? <laughs> I'm going to drink to that. That was good. Or we can, we can build our lives on our, the number of zeros we have in our bank account. But what happens when there is no money in the account and you built your whole life on, or possessions? I mean, we could go on and on. Uh, pol- we could build our life on politics. And how many of you know that'll fail us? Good God. Can we all laugh to that? Can we just laugh? No matter what side you are, can we just laugh? Because we need to pray for all of them. Dear God, have almighty. I don't even know what to say to that anymore. So we try to build our lives on these things. And if we do, it'll cause the same characteristics of sand. It'll be insecure because it gives no security. It'll be unstable because it gives no stability. It'll be unsure because it's unsure. What are you building your life on. Here's a house that was built on the sand. Didn't last too long. The waves came, the storm came, and there was a mighty crash. 
So our first thought is this, every one of us is building a life. Someone say, I'm building a life. Our second thought from this parable is this, we build our lives on Christ when we hear and do God's word. Let's say that together. Ready? Go. We build our lives on Christ when we hear and do God's word. Now, let's look at the same parable, but Luke's account, he writes it a little different. Luke chapter 6, verse 47, 48. I will show you what it's like. This is Jesus still speaking. When someone comes to me, listens to my teachings, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep. Someone say dig deep. And lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. The wise men. Someone say the wise men. Wise man. Got his shovel out. And he started working. Anybody ever dug out a foundation of a house? Yeah, a couple of you know what kind of work that is, know what kind of blisters that produces, know what kind of backache you have after that, right? We see the structure of this building, and it's great, it's nice, but the most important part of this whole building is not what you see, it's what you don't see. It's what the human eye cannot see. That's the foundation. And actually, it took more time to build this foundation than it did the rest of this building. And it took more thought and it took more calculation because if we're off just a little on the foundation, the rest of the building is off. What are you building your life on? I'm glad you're here today. You made the greatest decision all week by being at church. But what are you building your life on? Because it doesn't really count in here. It counts what happens out there. When the storms come, when the rain comes and the wind blows, are you able to stay solid? Are you able to be like the scripture, having done all to stand, I'm still standing? Is that all you got, devil? You should have took a better shot than that at me because I'm still standing. What are you building on? The wise man did the work. He dug deep and laid the foundation. The foolish man said, "Ah, I'm going to save myself all that work and labor. I'm just going to put my house right on this beautiful, nice-looking sand. It's less work. I don't have to do much, no digging. Don't have to mess with any rock, no foundation. I'm just going to build on this sand. But friends, building our lives on Christ is more than just hearing And believing his words, we don't start building our lives on him until we do the work of doing what he says. Are you hearing me today? Doing the work that Jesus asked us to. Now, your salvation, that's settled. You ain't got to work for that, right? Can we thank God for that? Jesus said, it is finished. So if you're wondering... If God loves you, he does. If you're wondering if you're valuable, you are valuable. If you're wondering, am I a mistake? No, you, he, God don't make mistakes. If you're wondering, is the, did the cross work? Yeah, it worked. 
the blood still speaks. You don't have to work. We are not working like the Old Testament had to work and, and, and to try to be right with God and fulfill over 600 laws. And then Jesus come and said, I am fulfilling the law. It is finished. All you have to do is receive the finished work of the cross. Put your faith in me. Salvation is secure. Your home, eternal home will be in heaven. That's done. Someone say that's done. But what's not done is you drawing and leaning more into Jesus. What's not done is building your lives every day to look more like him. That, my friend, will take work. It'll take work. Hmm? If you're going to be a great athlete, I've been watching the Olympics lately. If you're going to be a great athlete and make it to that stage, how many know that they're not going through the drive-thru at McDonald's every day for the next four years? How many know they're putting in work to, to... to represent our country, to go over there in whatever sport they're competing in. They had to make sacrifice. They had to build their lives on the right health foundation and fitness. It's going to take work for you to look more like Jesus. And Jesus, in this famous Sermon on the Mount, talked about a lot of different things for us that we got to work on in our lives. Matthew 5, 44. It's all in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them. (laughs) Who wants to sign up on that scripture? Yeah, I didn't think so. Matthew 6, 33, so seek first the kingdom of God. God said, hey, when you put me first, all the other stuff that you want, I can give you that stuff. I'm your daddy, I wanna bless you. See, you gotta know that your daddy wants to bless you. Your heavenly father, that you're his favorite. Oh, I'm his favorite, are you? Yeah. If he had a refrigerator, my picture's on it. My picture's on it. And you should say the same thing if you knew who who your heavenly father was. I'm his favorite. I'm his favorite child. Come on, somebody. Matthew 5, 16 says, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. He said, man, I'm going to send you out into the harvest field. It's going to take work for you to live this thing. Anybody can live it in here? Come on, you got the fuel band, you got the everything here, you got the Bible on the screens, come on. Anybody can live it in, it's out there. He said, hey, shine the light. Shine the light for your coworkers at your school. Shine the light for them to see what I'm doing in your life. Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. You're going to have to work if you want to have peace in your marriage, peace in your family, peace in your... your, It's going to take work. Eh, I just want you to feed me, pastor, and then I'll come back next Sunday and get another feeding. You're building on the sand. I want you to be here in a year, so I got to tell you the truth of the gospel. Your foundation has everything to do with you continuing to serve Jesus Christ. Matthew 6, 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That means the people who've done you wrong, the people who have hurt you, people who have stabbed you in the back, forgive them just like Jesus forgave you. I mean, on and on and on. Your homework is to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, by the way. That's your homework class. School starts next tomorrow. School starts tomorrow. I need you to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. 
build it on Jesus, not on the sandcastles, because the rain is coming. I don't know what news is going to hit your life this week, next week, next year. With so much uncertainty in our world, in our country right now, we don't know what's going to happen next. Everything is changing. But what I do know, pandemic or no pandemic, I'm going to build on the rock. Because the rock of ages never fails. Never fails. It's stable. It's secure. It's the rock of my salvation. Come on, how many want to build on the rock today? Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. We are out of time. Come back next week. There'll be more. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for speaking to us. Lord, we want to build on the rock. We know that this world is going to bring us storms. We know that we live in this sin-sick world. But God, we can build our lives so it will last the storms of life. It will outlast. So I thank you, Jesus, that you're helping us to build upon the right foundation so we make the right choices so that our lives represent your word. We will be like that wise man, not the foolish. We will take time. We will get in your word. We will have our devotional life. We will lead with prayer. We will put you first. We will seek you every morning. As we do, we're building a secure foundation. We thank you for it. Well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We want to give somebody the opportunity to put their faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe for the first time ever, you've never said a prayer surrendering your life to Christ, acknowledging that you had sins in your life and they had to be paid for. And Jesus paid for those upon the cross. Now, all you have to do is acknowledge that sacrifice, receive him into your life, and it starts your spiritual journey. It's the first step and this most important step of your life is right now. Are you right with God? If you were to put your head on your pillow for the last time tonight, do you know where eternity is for you? If you're unsure and you can't say a confident yes, I want to make sure you say this prayer today because this prayer could change the very course of your life. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed and we're not here to make you stand up or call you out or anything like that, but before we pray, I just want to see who I'm praying for. If you're here today and you say, Jacob, that's me. I, I need Jesus. I want to surrender my life for the first time or I want to rededicate my life. Today's my day to rededicate. I want you to just throw up that hand so I can see it and then you can put it right down. Just throw it up. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in the back. I see those hands. Thank you over here. Just hold up that hand for a second. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Anyone else want to be included? Hands up in every section. If you're thinking about it, if you're wondering, if you're unsure, if you have doubt, just I want to make sure you're good with God, whether you ever come back to this church or not, but I just want to make sure you're good with God. Tomorrow's not promised to no man, the Bible says. Thank you for those hands that just went up. Awesome. Let's pray, church. Say, Jesus, today I receive you into my life as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died upon the cross for my sins. So I repent of those sins today. 
and I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Fuel Church, put your hands together. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You could take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.